Wow, it's always a joy to come together to sing, to read the Lord's Word. I think that may be the longest passage that we've read together since I've been here, but there was a purpose behind that. So as you're turning to Hebrews chapter 11, I want to mention just a couple of things that are coming up. Uh, We talked about fellowships tonight, gathering at different homes and some folks meeting at the church since we're not having services tonight. We wanted to give folks an opportunity to get together as small groups and especially as Sunday school classes and departments. And so if you're here and you don't have a place to go, you can come to our house we're at 2515 Donahue Ferry. My phone number's on the back of the bulletin. You're welcome to come and join us. If you'll just give us a call, let us know that you're coming. We'd love to have you. Also, David and Rita Huffman are hosting at their home. If you don't have a place to go, they're hosting also a big group. Maybe your class isn't meeting, or maybe you're not connected with a Sunday school class, but you'd like to come and just hang out with church people tonight and rejoice in the Lord to so come on. We invite you. I think that would be wonderful. Also, next Sunday, Matt Papa is going to be here. I need to kind of get a gauge on this. How many of you know who Matt Papa is? I need a hand. All right. Okay. Youth. I figured that. A few others. All right. Um, How many of you who have a little more gray than the people who just raised their hands, how many of you remember Keith Green? Okay. Some of you. Okay. Matt Papa's this generation's Keith Green. Okay. And, and maybe a little better because, uh, theologically a little more, uh, in line with, uh, what, what ought to be said. And I loved Keith Green. In fact, still have him on my iPod and listen to him, love his music and was nourished by him as a teenager. Matt Papa's a lot like that. You're going to see the same kind of passion. He's going to be leading us in worship next Sunday morning. It'll be a little different. So go ahead and flip your different switch on. And be ready for that. And then the concert in the evening, invite friends. It'll be very evangelistic. It'll also be encouraging about world missions. You can check him out on YouTube. Um, just go and enter the name Matt Papa, P-A-P-A, and uh, look him up. I think you'll enjoy what you see. And then the week after that, National Back to Church Sunday. I hope you've already invited some folks who have gotten away from church or never been in church and inviting them to come back. Very special time in the life of the church as we enter into a season called Shine, and we'll be telling you more about that, and you'll be seeing more about that in the coming weeks. So land with me here in Hebrews chapter 11. How many of you have ever gone through a loan approval process? Anybody here? See hands. Okay, I got a pretty good number of people who've been through a loan approval process. I remember my first really big loan approval process was when Sherry and I bought our first home in Natchez, and uh, this was back in about 1999, and uh, it was a big deal for us. We had uh, two small children, and it was a dream of owning a home, and so we were out looking for houses and did that for several months and finally found this house, 104 Ashwood Drive. I can still remember the address, and it fit all of our needs, and the price was just right, but there was that thing on the backside of that where you had to go through the loan approval process, and you fill out all the paperwork, and they do all the check, and all that goes on. And then finally you get to that moment where you sit down and you talk with the bank, and they say these words. They say, you're approved. And you go, 
Yes! And you know that from that approval, so much is going to come behind that. And so it was really exciting for us to get to that place of approval and then to get a house and God blessed all of that process. Well, that approval process was important because if we would not been approved, how much likelihood was there for Bart and Sherry to get a house? Zero. All right? just wasn't going to happen. And so it was exciting for us to hear the words, you're approved, and all of the things that come behind that. Now, what we're talking about today is not like a loan, because a loan is something that you pay back. How many of you have ever received a scholarship? Any scholarship folks here? All right. How about the day they said that your scholarship was approved? Do you remember that? And you said, yes, I'm going to college. That's really great. And some of you, who got the full ride deal? Are there some full ride people here? Oh, just a few. That's the smart people. Y'all just make a note. Uh, all right. Or sports people. Bill. Uh, and, and so uh, that's awesome. Bill, went on, you won a football scholarship, didn't you? And, and look at that cheerleader sitting beside you. How many years ago did y'all meet? Five zero. Oh. That's a long time. That's as old as I am. That's awesome. That is great. Well, when a person gets a full ride scholarship, uh, they say you're approved, and everything that comes behind that, nothing has to be paid back. It's all free, and it's wonderful and glorious. And those who got the full ride scholarship, man, that's a blessing. Well, I want to talk to you today about the story of Hebrews eleven. And I had Steve read the whole chapter for a purpose because there are many thoughts in Hebrews 11, but there's also one overarching thought. And I wanted to make sure before we walk away from the book of Hebrews that we got this. Because sometimes we get all these little stories, the story of Cain and Abel, the story of Enoch, the story of Abraham and Isaac, and the story of Jacob and story all and we get those stories in there and they're like stories and they're kind of disjointed and sometimes it's important to step back and say it's really just one story and there's one overarching thought through chapter 11 and into chapter 12 so we're going to look at that today so number one i want to talk to you about saving faith saving faith seeks and receives the Approval. Now, I had Steve read in a version of the Bible that I don't preach out of, not because I don't like that version. I've gotten accustomed to the New American Standard. But as Steve read through, I had him read the Holman Christian Standard Bible for a purpose. Now, Lynn, I'm going to have to get you to help me a minute. What's the next thing on my outline up there? I can't remember if I'm doing the Scripture or the identity of faith. Go ahead. Good. All right. That's where I need to be. Take a look on your outline, and I want to remind you of what we did last week and the week before in defining biblical faith, in defining saving faith. So saving faith seeks and receives approval. And we need to know what that faith is, what it looks like. And those of you who are here the last two weeks, you're going to hear the definitions again Let's go back through them. There are three actions of faith. Fill that in. Three actions of faith. Biblical faith is composed of at least these three things. First letter A, there is the reason for faith. Faith believes certain things. 
You have God's Word coming to us with unseen things behind us and an internal response that trusts even though we don't see. That's why faith is necessary. When you see something, that which is seen, faith is not necessary. Faith is having to deal with that which is unseen. And so the first element of faith, the reason of faith, faith believes certain things. God's Word comes to a person. That person can't see God. They can't see the promises of God. But they trust Him. Even though He is unseen, and the things that He promises are often unseen, the person has an internal response that says, Yes, I believe that. I trust that. So the first element of faith is that which is heard from God's Word. God speaks to us through His Word. And then there's an unseen element of God and His promises. And then there's an internal response that even though we don't clearly know, fully, understand, totally, we say, yes, I believe. Then letter B, there is the response of faith. After having internally said yes, there is this external. Faith acts based on what is believed. External, visible acts that respond to God's word and unseen promises. The first element of faith is his word coming to us and internally we say, believe that. Second part is the response to that externally. By the demonstration of how we conduct our lives, we respond in faith to the things God says and to who God is. Then let her see. There's the reward of faith. Faith receives what was promised. Everything from immediate approval that God gives us Focus on that today. All the way to the eternal possession of all the things promised by God and everything in between. The reward of faith. Faith receives what was promised. And when we look at the very last thing on this part of the outline, we notice that anticipation of reward is a key factor in understanding biblical faith. All the way through the book of Hebrews, there is this growing sense of anticipation that God promised some things, portions of which were fulfilled, but the whole of which has not yet been experienced, not yet been received, and we're looking to a day that that is going to happen. The consummation of the ages when Christ establishes His eternal kingdom and the new heaven and the new earth are visibly seen and experienced. And so anticipation is always a part of this. Now, then help me out by going ahead to the next section. Because normally I have a really good grasp on my PowerPoint, but this morning I couldn't remember which order I put these two. So now let's go back. We're going to look at some particular scriptures in Hebrews 11. Let's go back to the word approval and why I chose the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Uh, Lynn, go ahead and just list all those verses out for us. It may be a little bit hard to see, but they're Hebrews 11.1, 11, 11.4, 11.5, 11.39, and 12.1. All of those have something in common. 
They have one word woven through all of them that is the most important point of Hebrews 11. See, in Hebrews chapter 11, when we get the introduction, we get to verse 2 and we see... Now, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, proof of what is not seen. For our ancestors won God's approval by it. Now, if you'll look in the red letters here, you'll notice one, two, three, four, five times, and then you'll look one time in blue. Every time you see the red or the blue, the base word is the same word. There's a reason I'm pointing that out because that's the point that chapter 11's making. I chose the Holman Christian Standard because it was consistent in translating that word all the way through. And that consistency is what we needed to understand chapter 11. You see, chapter 11 is about God's approval process. You see, just like for the scholarship, until you had met the requirements and heard you're approved, well, you weren't going to receive what was behind that. Until Sherry and I got to the loan office and heard the words, you're approved, we weren't getting a house. Listen carefully. Until you are approved by God, you are not going to heaven. This is very important. Your eternal destiny is tied to this word, approval. And that's why Hebrews 11 is so important for us. Because it tells how a person can be approved by God. So let's look. In verse 1 and 2, faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen. For our ancestors won or received or obtained God's approval by it. If you look in 11.1, you'll see all of those are red and all of those are the word approval. Now, this is written in a particular way. I'm going to have to do a grammar lesson. I hate grammar lessons. Do we have any English teachers here? I had trouble in your classes. I I struggled in English. For me, it's like English is a second language. Okay? It's really troubling. And so doing grammar is hard for me, but there's there's something about grammar we need to tell here. Because in in the New Testament language... These words are written in a particular way to make a particular statement. In 11.1, excuse me, 11.2, and 11.39, they're all written in what is called the passive voice. The passive voice. Now, in grammar, there's kind of three different voices. There's active voice, okay? I run. Okay? Active. By the way, I'm not a very good runner. If you see me running, it's best to fall in behind me because I'm trying to get away from something. Okay? I don't run for fun. So, active voice. I'm doing something. Then there's a reflexive voice. Like, all right, 
when I brush my teeth, that's reflexive because I'm doing the action, but who am I doing the action to? Doing it to myself. I'm brushing my teeth. But then there's a passive voice. Passive voice is different. Carl, come help me. Passive voice is Bart is getting his back scratched. Okay? You see what's happening? Bart is getting his back scratched. I put it in the passive voice. Who's receiving the action? Bart. Is Bart doing the action? No. Okay. These are all in the passive voice for a reason. These people are getting approved for something and by someone. They're getting approved for something and by someone. This is very important in this passage. So, look at the words in red. Approved, 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 approved. All of those are in passive voice. Somebody's doing it to them and they're receiving it for some reason. Now, the writer weaves this through from chapter 11 in the beginning to chapter 11 in the end at verse 39 for a purpose because this is the thing he wants you to think about. He wants you to ask this question. Has your faith been the kind of faith that receives approval? Now, we have to ask a second question. When he writes this, who is doing the approving? When I was getting my back scratch, Laurel was doing the back scratching. Bart was receiving. So Bart was getting his back scratch. Passive voice, Laurel was doing it. So let's move to the next part of the outline, Lynn. Next, saving faith seeks and pleases the approver. Join me. In verse, let's see, the best place here is verse 4. And I think, Lynn, the next slide has that. There we go. Yeah, verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away. So he did not experience death, and he was not to be found because God took him away. For prior to his removal, he was what? He was approved. All right? Since he had pleased God. Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, now, Lynn, go back two slides to that other list of verses. We're going to look at the blue now. I know that it's hard to see this, but look up in verse 4. Can you see two words in blue? Can you all see two words in blue in verse 4? God approved. This is really important to what the writer to the Hebrews is trying to communicate. He's speaking to them... Because he's concerned for their souls. Because he knows that there is an approval process in order to gain entry into eternal life, into a relationship with God, to gain entry into heaven. There is an approval process. And there is only one who does the approving. You see, if when Sherry and I... When, when we were shopping for a house, if one bank turned us down, what could we possibly do? What was a possible strategy for us? Go to another bank. Yeah. 
Now, some of you who applied to schools, if one school didn't offer you a full ride, what could you maybe possibly do? Apply to another school and maybe what? Maybe they'll give you a full ride, full scholarship, okay? That happens. I've had folks who've applied at a bank and they got turned down. They went to another bank and guess what? They got approved. I've had friends who've applied at one school and really wanted to go, but another school offered them a full ride. And guess which school they went to? They went to the school with a full ride. But here's the deal. With God, there's no other options. You will either settle this with Him or you will spend eternity separated from Him in eternal torment. The writer to the Hebrews says this is really important. So I'm going to drive it home with a lot of explanation. So if you look in verse 4, we find out that the approver is God. God has process by which he approves men and women, boys and girls, to be acceptable to him, to be approvable to him, to be receivable by him. He has a process. The whole book of Hebrews is about it, and the particular chapter 11 focuses in like a laser focus on that. And that is that you and I must please, so let me go back to number two, the approver. You and I, in order to gain entry into heaven, must please the approver. You will, by necessity, have to pass by way of the gatekeeper of heaven, who is God Himself. And He will either approve you or deny you. So that's a pretty serious thing. And here, the writer to the Hebrews says, here's how to gain approval. That's what he's been after. Go back with me to verse 1 and 2 and look with me. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the men of old gained approval or were approved by it. So what the writer of the Hebrews is saying is this. If you want to be approved by God, to receive his approval, to receive the pleasure of the approver, if you want that, there's just one thing. And it's faith. It's genuine, biblical, true, legitimate faith. In fact, listen to verse 6. Put your finger there. And without faith it is impossible. To please Him. And so if I want to please Him and be approved, there is an element that my life has to have, and that element is called saving faith. That saving faith is the faith that we described when we started today. It's a faith that believes something. The reason for that faith is that it believes something. 
Internally, it embraces it. And it says, yes. And it's faith that responds. It does something. Because of that yes inside, there is a yes on the outside of obedient trust in God. And then there is a receiving God's approval as a reward of faith. As the first reward and as the most important reward. So here's what the writer's doing. He's saying there's just one kind of approval that matters. It's not the approval of your friends. It's not the approval of your scholarship. It's not the approval of your house loan. It's not the approval of your society, approval of your spouse, approval of your children, approval of your parents. Because none of those will be ultimate in your life. The most important approval is for God to approve you. For entry into a relationship with Him. And then entry into His kingdom and the life that He gives. That's what the writer is after. And he's saying that your faith is the only thing that can bring that approval. Now for us, what the writer to the Hebrews has said our faith has to be in is it has to be in Jesus Christ. It's not just a, it's not just a nebulous faith where we say, oh yeah, I believe. I, how many of you remember Miracle on, is it 34th Street or 52nd Street? I don't remember the number. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What's the right number? Thank y'all. 34. And, and there's this little place where uh, the Santa Claus has told the little girl if she believes, if she believes. And so she sits there and there's this one section where she says, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. That is not what God is looking for. Because belief in belief and belief in your own faith is not what he's talking about. He's talking about a true faith that hears the word of God proclaimed. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Where you hear the gospel, you hear the proclamation that Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven onto this earth, born of a virgin, lived sinlessly, flawlessly, excellently, fulfilled all the obedience that you never had, fulfilled all righteousness from there, was rejected, was scorned, ridiculed, was smitten, was beaten, was killed, was buried. On the third day, praise God, He rose from the dead. And then after the days after that, He was ascended to the right hand of the Father. And you hear that message and you say, Yes! I embrace that! And in your heart, you believe that and then with your life you pursue that the bible says you are rewarded with god's approval he approves you to have a relationship with him to enter his kingdom and to live forever he approves that And so the writer to the Hebrews is saying to his hearers, there's just one ultimate approval. I don't know whose approval you're seeking right now. 
But there's only one ultimate approval. And that's God's approval. Because He's the approver. And He has one basis for His approval. And that is faith. And for us, a little different than it was for those described in Hebrews because they lived before Jesus. For us, our faith has to be particularly and exclusively in Jesus Christ. His life, His death, His burial, His resurrection, His ascension, and His reign. We personally embrace that. We trust that. And God approves of us. Now, here's what's interesting about how he closes out the chapter. Come to chapter 11, verse 39, and look at how he ends this. And Lynn, you can go ahead and go to number 3. Saving faith is the testimony of the approved. Look in verse 39 first. And all these... All these ones that he's mentioned, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Rahab, and just these folks that he's laid out there. He says, all these gained approval through their faith. There was an internal response. God spoke to them. They said, we believe. There was an external response in which their belief turned into obedience. And then there was a reception where God approved them and granted them answers to their faith. But if you go to chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, did you know that the word that's translated approved all through what we've read today is the same root as the word witness? It's the word that we get martyr from. Where a person believes something so much that they're willing to testify to it even at the possibility of punishment, even to the probability of death. The verb means to either be approved or to be a witness. But in this context, it's really interesting. I've heard this translated before where people said, since we have such great a cloud of witnesses, it was kind of like they thought that grandma and grandpa were like sitting in the stands watching them. That's not what this is about. Because of how the word is translated in chapter 11, it's similar in chapter 12. Chapter 12 says, Therefore, having a lot of people able to give you the testimony of how to be approved. That's the point here. Abraham can tell you how to be approved by God. Isaac can tell you how to be approved by God. Enoch can tell you how to be approved by God. They're all witnesses of God's approval. They are the approved and can give testimony to how they were approved. Rahab can tell you how she was approved. David can tell you how he was approved. Abel can tell you how he was approved. All of these can tell you. In fact, they do tell you. Look in chapter 11, verse 4, and read with. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, 
through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts. And through faith, though he is dead, Abel still speaks. That's what chapter 12, verse 1 is about. Abel, right out of the pages of the scripture, is talking to you personally. Abel is speaking to you. He still speaks. And do you know what Abel says? He says, if you want to be approved by God, there's just one way. It is by faith in Jesus Christ. And there's no other way. So you have this great cloud of people giving testimony to this one thing. Do you want to be approved? Here's how. You must personally, internally, receive the words of God and say, I believe. You must hear the word of Christ proclaimed where He claims that He is the Savior, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. Jesus took care of on the cross the one thing you need to get to heaven. And He wants you right now to trust Him. Internally to say, everyone here, yes, I believe that. And then externally He calls on us and that's why Hebrews chapter 11 is so important because externally He says there is no difference between internal belief and external behavior. They are the same thing. By faith, Noah built. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, Abraham offered. By faith, Cain offered. There's this blend of what I believe and what I do. Because of what I believe leading to what I do, I receive the approval of God. And I look forward to the day when He says to me, when he says to you, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things on earth. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter the joy of your master. Would you bow with me? I, I, I don't know about you, but I think being denied at that moment that Sherry and I were trying to buy a house would have been a very humbling, humiliating, and embarrassing moment. Having wanted to purchase the house and having wanted... I think, I think if they would have looked at me right then and said, denied, I would have just really just been deflated and really, really bummed out. And as painful as that would have been, there would have been other opportunities. Uh, the opportunity maybe for another bank, the opportunity maybe for a better credit score, the opportunity maybe to save up more money to put down. There, a lot of opportunities that I would have still had at that moment to, to try again. But my brothers and sisters, my friends who are here today, there's going to be a day you're going to stand in front of God. Everything is going to be stripped away that the world sees and values. 
And God's approval is going to be the one and only thing that's going to matter in that moment. That's it. And could you imagine on that day hearing the denial that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 7 when He said, On that day, many will say to me, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Lord, didn't, didn't we perform many miracles in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. Goodness. Can you imagine that? Denial at the gate of heaven? And the embarrassing, eternal torment. Oh, how He loves you. And He's brought you here today to have Hebrews 11 encouraged right into your heart. So that on this day, if you already have embraced Christ, you would be greatly comforted and you would join the great cloud of witnesses in testifying to how one is approved by God. You would begin to glory in the cross of Jesus and rejoice in Him and give thanks to His name for His salvation. Or, if you're not saved, that you would take this very seriously and you would look to God right now and say, Dear God, I want to be approved. And I've heard today that there's just one way. And internally, I'm telling you, God, right now, I've heard of Jesus and I'm telling you, I believe. Save externally, oh God, I'm giving you my life. I am unashamed of the gospel and I'm willing to stand and confess Jesus Christ is Lord. And I will receive the reward of your approval with thanksgiving. Would you do that now? Believers rejoicing. And if you've never been saved, receiving Jesus now. Would you do that? God speaks to your heart. Would you respond to Him? Please stand. Please come.